Listeners be advised, the Holiloquy podcast discuss matters related to the human experience and many that are sexual in nature. Due to this, some conversations may surround triggering topics such as sexual violence, self-harm, abuse, and much more. Please be advised, a list of crisis and psychological resources will be available in the show notes of this episode. With that said, let's get started with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention please as we go through the following safety instructions. In the event that there is a loss of cabin pressure, oxygen mask will drop from the overhead. Place the mask over your nose and mouth. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak about sexuality. This is your favorite host, Vernon T. Scott, also known as Slater Jackson, and for you freaky motherfuckers out there, Sebastian Adams. On today's episode, we will be discussing sexually transmitted infections, also known as STIs and also known as STDs, all the things, all the things. But my guest today, again, that divine motherfucker named Devannon. So happy to have you with us. How are you doing today? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fan-fucking-tastic. Thank you so much for thinking of enough of my tits to have them back on your show for the second time. I'm so done. It's, it's, yes, y'all, it's, it's the tits. It's the tits. I would have thought it might have been the smile, the personality, all this, but it's the tits. It's really just the tits. <laughs> I'm so done. So today we're talking about STIs. Oh, wait, wait. Before I get into it, because I have to remind motherfuckers to go to this men's shop. Go over there. Get all the sexy things that you desire there's other things on his site other than the um lingerie i'm just a whore okay so (laughs) he has sportswear swimwear he has it all on his site and everything looks beautiful um but again there's that lingerie that i'm 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 here for the lingerie (laughs) y'all it's beautiful over there so how 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 uh uh-huh Thank you. I was going to say thank you. I appreciate that. Down under apparel, my lingerie store, which we mentioned last time, you know, I've had that store almost 10 years. I started in a flea market in a small town called Denham Springs outside of Baton Rouge at a little booth. And now we're online and we ship to every continent in the world. And um, and it's really been a dream come true. It was my first legitimate business after being a drug dealer. And, um, and so it's really, 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 really my heart. And so I appreciate your support of it. Oh, of course, of course. I, what I just heard was growth. Did y'all hear that too? Did y'all hear growth? I don't know. I heard. Did you hear growth? I heard growth. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of growth, um, get his memoir. Get his motherfucking memoir, Sex, Drugs, and Jesus. Listen to his fucking podcast as well, also known as Sex, Drugs, and Jesus. Okay? All right. <laughs> All right, let's get into some STI talk. Um, Now, one of the things that we uh, discussed in our intake meeting was some of your, well, your personal experience in terms of STIs. um, Would you like to share that with everybody? Hell to the fuck, yeah. So I've had um, just about every sexually transmitted disease out there. So let me list them for you. Uh, HIV, I almost had full-blown full AIDS when I was homeless and struggling on meth. And I let my T-cell count get down to like, I think, under 500. Um, I've had syphilis a bunch of times, gonorrhea, chlamydia, anal warts. Um, shit, feels like forgetting something. <laughs> oh, happy I am. Hepatitis B. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, if if you have not seen the episode of Devannon and myself on his page yet, we were talking about how he has STI bingo and I just have mental health bingo. And it, it, it's a thing. It's, it, it is what it is. And we love it. Um, and this show does not shame or stigmatize anybody because we're all sexual beings who are deserving 
um, love in this world. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that you're still here with us, that you get to tell your story and just have this conversation because a lot of people don't even um, learn about STIs other than to shame not to have sex, but don't really get a full education on it because it's, it's a lot more uh, a lot more related to STIs rather than just the worst outcomes. You can still be out here loving people, having sex because we are still sexual beings and just experiencing good vibes, good energy from other people. Um, remove the stigma, people. Remove the fucking stigma. Um, <laughs> but what are other things that you would like to uh, share in terms of your uh, experience with um, having an STI or even um, being treated for any types of STIs? I feel like society failed me and fails people continuously to this day mm. in sexual education. Because, you know, children don't ask to be born. Kids are brought into this world and then oftentimes abandoned either physically and not given shelter and food and clothing or mentally, emotionally and spiritually and not given the proper intrinsic nutrition, intrinsic nutrition, which is required to grow a, a being from on the inside. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying all this to say, being the youngest kid of one, two, three older siblings, no one taught me about sex. No one prepared me for the world. They sent me out there, you know, 17 to the military with no education about sex at all. And so I learned like many of us do from porn, from yeah, gay.com, there were no apps in those days. <laughs> so, you know, or as Madonna said in one of her songs, you get your education from your lovers. And that's not a good place to get it from because those your lovers have an agenda, you know, something they're trying to get out of you other than your well-being. Mm. Oh, that's a word right there. Jesus, what was with you in the, uh, just delivering these words. I love it. I love it. Your uh, lover is um, trying to get, some, they have their own agenda, which is, which is fine. You can have your own agenda, but they're not trying to teach you how you love sex or how you embrace sex. They're, they're learning their own sexual needs in this moment. And it is in a way, uh, I hate to say it this way, but it is your responsibility to learn what you like when it does come to sex. Uh, and this is also why I'm a huge um, fan of masturbation is so that you teach yourself the things that you do enjoy, but that also means you have to be willing to be real and um, recognize your own needs in the moment and uh, appreciate and love your body in order to engage in those sexual acts. And a lot of people are taught to shame their bodies. So it's unlearning that you have to do in that process too we are supposed to explore and learn but i do believe that it is for the parent really or if they really are not there or they are there and they fucking suck for whatever reason then the older sibling and i don't care you know if you know um to even teach the the, the child how to explore to say you know to, to tell their child it's okay to try something, hate it, try something else. It's okay to make mistakes. I'm talking about just sexually speaking. Mm -hmm. So that means you have a teenager whose dick been started to get harder, their pussy even started to bleed and all of this is going on. We don't just tell them, you know, here's condoms and here's tampons. Good luck with that piece. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have to say, okay, this is the sex drive. This is how you explore this, this, this mistakes may be made. And from now on, for the rest of your life, kid, you can come back to me and re-engage this conversation. And I'm going to check on, check in on you every now and then forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I do not disagree with that. Because um, I, I also believe that it is the parent's role to have these conversations with their kids. And I do understand not all parents are willing and comfortable with that, that conversation because sex is shame so much. So I see the value in having like proper sex education programs, not the absent only shit that a lot of us had, but proper education around sexuality. Um, but it is ultimately up to the parents to 
have that additional conversation with uh, with their child about, okay, this is what you may experience during this time. This is what a period is. This is, even if you're not a, a, a what is it, ovary owner, um, you still should be knowledgeable enough. That means if you got a penis, be knowledgeable enough to uh, have a conversation with um, the young person, your child, who might have periods to communicate with them this is what is happening in your body this is um this may happen once a month stress might um uh, have an impact on that flow the intensity diet might have a uh impact there but to let your child know that okay nothing's wrong with your body everything's okay uh, <laughs> and let's have this conversation when you do have sexual desire, sexual urges, you might want to express that with someone your own age. Um, not necessarily be like, not under my roof or anything like that. Just have that conversation. It will be best for you to wait until you are more comfortable with the person and know them very well uh, before you go down that route of having sex with any individual. Uh, and uh, if they ever ask you to keep any secrets, come to me. I'm an open source. I will always listen to you. I will always talk uh, talk you through whatever's going on to make sure that you feel safe and leave it at that and be an actual parent to your child and not a dictator to the child. There is a void that is left in the soul of children when the, when the parents don't step in and give this education. And you see a child is like a it's like a cat. That's the best thing I can say because I have two cats and I've raised them since they were little babies. They're always running around looking to be given instructions or led and stuff like that. I don't have rude cats. They're very clingy, you know, and I remember a kid being this way, just following my mom, you know, looking up to my dad. Like I, so what am I chasing them for besides attention, instructions, directions, guidance, you grow a plant out in the garden. It's that thing needs to be trained along the fence if it's a vine or it'll just grow wildly you know you have to uh, guide the things that you're trying to grow now see that void is the reason why many of us end up in drug houses um it's a shame you know our gay families a lot of time give us better instruction than our biological families mm. you know so parents if you don't want to have this conversation with your children you look fake you look like you ain't keeping it real in you don't look valid. And so if I can go to my chosen family or unfortunately the drug den or a gang and they keep it 100 with me, I'm going to keep going around them because I don't feel like I'm being lied to. Your children already know about all the shit you don't want to talk to them about anyway. So you're going to let mm. the street them or, or, or you. Mm. And that's that's a, that's one of those things that uh, <laughs> some parents don't want to have that reckoning with themselves about is that one the child already knows kids are not dumb kids are extremely smart they might still be learning new concepts and stuff but in their mind they're figuring out some of the math is just not mathing um, you keep saying that y'all have no problems but somebody's sleeping on this damn couch every night <laughs> and the other person's in the bedroom. The Holiloquy podcast focuses on the variability of sexual expression. When it comes to sexual expression, we often depend on pornography to illustrate how one must perform sexually. For those who have not learned this by now, the stuff you see in porn is not real. Pornography provides a singular perspective of sexual expression that is not often the reality we see during our own sexual encounters. The Holiloquy Podcast is a conversation that takes you outside of the compressed box of what many know about sex. Some of the topics we discuss includes kinks, condom usage, status disclosure, and past sexual experiences. The Holiloquy Podcast steps out on sexual norms and recognizes that the norm is not the only normal. Subscribe today and join the conversation. saying that y'all have no problems, but somebody's sleeping on this damn couch every night and the other person's in the bedroom. Why are y'all not sleeping together? Why are y'all not in the same room? Why is it that 
every time the door closes, I hear loud noises coming out of that room. Kids pick up on these things. They pick on the, uh, pick up on the small things. They pick up on the small, uh, the big things too. Just tell kids the truth. That way, they don't have to find answers from the one pe one person or people or community that is finally going to be to provide some semblance of a truth. It might not be the reality that they're looking for or the truth that they're seeking, but they can they'll grasp onto that thing because it's a lot more truth than what you're providing them. And so you can't hide truth anymore. You can't hide information. What truth is is very, very subjective these days. Mm. Well, the truth is the truth, but it, again, perception is everything. So I'm saying all that to say, parents, you can't talk out your neck, as they say, with that bullshit and tell your kids something because they can just go look shit up on the internet, internet and see if you're lying. Mm. So, so you have to come to terms with reality. I've never been a parent, but I know a lot of realistic down to earth parents. And I know if I'm ever a parent of a human and not a cat, that I'm going to tell them the fucking truth. Mm. But, you know, a lot of these parents live in denial. They don't face their own truths. They don't face their own facts. Like I said in the first recording, you can't give away what you don't have. And so if you have a parent who's living lies, then they're not going to command truth from a kid because they, they don't have truth within them. So you have broken people having children creating further brokenness. Sounds like a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I hear, a whole ass dumpster fire. And, uh, and look, I used to work in higher, higher well, I kind of still work in higher ed, but just um, being around most definitely the current generation of students. And I'm just like, y'all are so fucking broken to the point that you cannot say certain things without them feeling triggered. And it's not that, uh, it's not necessarily respectability. It's just that some of these kids really cannot handle any semblance of truth without feeling as though that you are disrespecting them, insulting them, or making them feel less than, and that's not even the case. It's just, hey, I see your potential and I want you to do better. This is where you messed up. And just having that conversation is even hard these days. And I hate that. It's only difficult because we make shit difficult. Nothing really has to be fucking difficult. You don't know what difficult is? having like four felonies like I did and trying to get a job. That's difficult. Mm, that is difficult. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> you want to know what's difficult is selling so much crystal meth that they send the SWAT team after you with, with like the canines and the helicopters and the, the 40 different armed men with the semi-automatic rifles and face shields, which is what happened to me and trying to run from them without getting caught. That's difficult. That's the prologue y'all. <laughs> difficult. That, that, is, that is in the prologue in my book. What's difficult is being homeless and roaming the streets and sleeping in the backs of cars and shitting on, in parks and wiping your ass with leaves. That's difficult. Mm. Child. <laughs> Again, a motherfucking word. <laughs> it's all about perspective. It is all about perspective. I'm not even going to lie. I, and that's the thing that I just wish that a lot more parents would take serious when it comes to their kids and rearing their kids and not expecting other and outside entities to be that that parent to their child <laughs> rather than them be it oh right they do that shit in a minute let the let the school teach you or let the church teach you no no a child is going to receive more from their parents than they will from anywhere else you gave birth to them or if you adopted them you took that special interest in them you're around them the most they may listen to the church or the school, but if you step in and do what you're supposed to do, they're going to listen to you first, you know, because you have the greatest influence over them. Now, as Alanis Morissette said in one of her songs, you know, from the Jagged Little Pill album, you know, it's so easy not to. Mm. <laughs> so much easier not to. Oh. <laughs> so, um, and I don't know, sometimes I question why some people have kids. And it's, and it's, it is hard, it's selfish to me, because when you hear people, and I'm not saying, I mean, how can it not be, though? Because you want a kid to do what? They can contribute nothing. You know, they're there to, to make you feel good. You know, most people go, we want a kid to bring joy and bubbly, warm feelings to our home. Sometimes they say they want a kid to save their marriage. Maybe this kid will make everything okay. <laughs> that kid is not uh, Jesus. 
Are you? No, no, no immaculate conception is happening, bitch. You got you got that whole stuff. That's where that kid came from. And, and so, I mean, what are the reasons? You know, people go, we we want to have this kid, you know, for us. You know, there's no possible way you're having a kid for the kid's sake. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Man, I had to say that. Now I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't you really cannot it's always a it's always a choice between those people oh yeah i'm just gonna birth this child because i know that child already we met in this dream they already introduced me <laughs> all this other shit you that doesn't really happen well at least i haven't been exposed to that if you if you've had that experience let me fucking know and wh- who is that child is that the person that you gave birth to <laughs> is that child still happy i need to know <laughs> And Jesus and Jesus said to mourn what a person is born and to rejoice at the day of death. And you know, humans are so fucking emotional. Mm-hmm. And you know, and the Lord is actually quite, he's emotional, but he's also very practical. And I like to view myself the same way. You know, I look at somebody being born and I'm all like, you you you've been born in a hell of a world, mm-hmm. you know. And then when someone's dying, I'm like, okay, bitch, you, you know, you you get to leave. The whole world isn't terrible, but again, it's perspective. Our truest selves, and I'm getting a little bit off tangent here, our truest selves is our spirit form. And when we die, we shed that, you know, the flesh that holds us back. And then we get to be close to God, or, you know, then I'm not saying, you know, I'm talking about a life well lived, fulfilled purpose, not going off and killing yourself or nothing like that, you know, because it matters how you depart this plane of existence, you know, your afterlife. It, you know, you don't want to leave here in some sort of wrecked way. Um, that's my spiel on that. I just, you know, I just think about this sort of thing. I will adopt children one day when I'm rich enough to put them in homeschooling because <laughs> I'm not sending my child to school. They will never step foot in the school. They will never step foot in the church. People get shot up in both these days. They're mm-hmm. going to be told about taught about God at home and they're going to be educated at home. And I thank God I'm say this and I'm put a dick in my mouth and shut up. I thank you for your patience. I love the fact that we live in a world now that you don't have to leave your house for shit. You can be born. And once you get home from the hospital, <laughs> you can be educated. You can get your groceries. You can have friends over. You can get your spiritual education. You can go camping. You can do all that shit. You, you can stream all the damn movies that are coming out at home. You know, as time goes on, you really don't have to leave home for much. Mm. You're right, though. You that that's you're right. Um, because Lord knows I love being at home a lot because uh, home is where I have my peace, and I know there's a lot of people who are not fortunate enough to make that same statement. And for if you fall under that camp, ask yourself why is there not peace at my home? And when you find that answer, figure out what you need to do. That's that's all I can say. And your child is not a reason that you do not have peace in your home. Because that child did not ask to be here. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> but um, yeah, we we went off on multiple tangents, and that's the pur- purpose of this damn show. So it is it's all good. No need to apologize. Um, one of the things that we uh, ended up uh, discussing is how. Okay, I, I remember that I brought up the concept of raw as law, and then you were just like, "Raw sex is a gamble." Let's have that conversation. I love raw dick. I, I mean, it's the way God intended. Condoms are not that old. I mean, and, you know, sometimes I think about how back in the 60s, 70s, you know, when AIDS was first coming around, the mind fuck, you know, that it was for people who had, who had never seen a condom before, who never heard of contraceptives. You know, you know, when the, when the government gives you some new shit and you're like, what? You know, just what it probably what they probably mentally had to go through to understand, like, okay, I have to wrap my dick in plastic to do what I've been doing my whole life. You know, where they do that at? This don't make no sense. And so, and that's why I just have like one partner. I don't sleep with uh, you know other people like that because you got too much monkeypox and shit running around now. And I like raw dick. Um, now, is it raw is law? You know, you like what you like. Mm-hmm. I have a really tight asshole. And so condoms are very agitating for my asshole. It's, it's easier penetration if there is no sheath there. And so I like what I like. I have a huge cum fetish. The first time I ever had sex. Uh, fuck, I can't remember if he came in me, but he definitely went in raw. And um, 
I don't think he came in me. He was too much of a gentleman, though I begged him to. (laughs) 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 Oh, I hate that chat. I'm all like, he's in me, Rob. I'm like, okay, you can't get me pregnant. I think the straight guys are just used to pulling out raw and just do it out of force to have it. But um, but no, I mean, to each his own, I just am very clear on what I like, which means that I can expose myself to a lot of disease, which means I don't sleep with a lot of different people because people don't take care of themselves. <laughs> that is true. If you're not being tested regularly and you're just like raw dogging everybody, you're putting more people at risk than you think. And I know like for myself, uh, I know if I'm in a uh, committed relationship and, and most of if it's with the penis owner or even if it's uh, someone with the vulva owner and I'm like topping and some shit like that, uh, I'm more uh, inclined to be on the raw side of things. But it's also that concept if, if I'm going to be um, uh, in a romantic relationship and I still have my poly urges, I also know that whoever I'm going to engage with is going to be uh, protected sex because most people don't even know their uh, sexual histories, are willing to share their sexual history, and I don't want to put myself at risk for you failing to do your research on your own body. Uh, And it's not um, because I know my main thing is most definitely when it comes to like certain medications like uh, uh, PrEP. I personally don't like to uh, take a pill every single day. Uh, and that's one of the things, because I know myself, I don't like anything that I have to do daily. Uh, I'm very against like ritual ritual behavior too. So if I have to take something every day around the same time, I'm pissed off. So, <laughs> so uh, for me, that's one reason why I um, do protect myself in that sense. Uh, I hate getting sick because of that too, because I don't want to have to take this medication twice a day. So I'm, I'm frustrated already. So um, in order for me to prevent me from having to do those things, I prefer to have the condom um, so that I reduce those chances of me having to take a pill a day, uh, essentially. But again, um, for like if I were to be in a relationship with somebody who might have um, uh, who might be undetectable or have uh, active HIV, uh, I will be willing to uh, take a pill a day for that person. Uh, now, if, you know, things don't work out, a motherfucker's getting off the pill. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's mostly just my perspective on, like, um, the gambles of raw sex. Uh, have I had STIs before? I have, because the, I gamble when it comes to oral. Uh, and... That's pretty much how I um, caught gonorrhea that one time. It was it was from oral, but um, other than that, mm-mm. were you giving or receiving? Giving. So you got you caught like oral gon- gonorrhea. Mm-hmm. How did how did those symptoms present? You know, uh, I did have a scratchy throat, but I, um, I it just felt like a common cold honestly uh the only reason I know knew about it was because I was actually going up for my regular uh, testing so uh and I know that it happened between November and December 17th of that year so so see that's interesting to me because I'd be telling people you know that you know oral sex doesn't just you know is you know get you a you know fuck free card you know an std free card like you can catch shit from oral sex although it may not happen as often but it does happen people don't say that some people act like they can have sex without any kind of barrier they want and they can just go skipping down the lily brushes (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that's not true that's not true but i commend your doctor for being thorough enough to swab your mouth you know and and to find that because that you know most doctors would just completely overlook something like that Mm -hmm. well that was actually um the clinic this was um back in the nashville days and i went to a clinic that specializes in focused on lgbtq people um and that was like literally the only place that actually ever um well actually no that would be a lie they're not the only ones that ever did a throat swab um but not too many uh have uh i think 
that place, uh, a place I went back in um, August of last year, they did it as well. Uh, and um, my most recent, um, not my most recent, but like at the beginning of the year, uh, when I had to just get a full body screening, uh, they did it then too. Um, but other than that, most places don't ever do a throat, well, from my experience, ever did like a throat swap. Um, now, I will say the one thing that not too many clinics across this damn country do not test for is HSV-1 and, uh, and HSV-2. And uh, I get why they don't do it, herpes simplex virus. Um, I get the reason why they don't do it because most people catch uh, HSV-1 as kids from either drinking out uh, after each other's cups or um, doing a little makeout sessions as like teenagers or whatever, you're not testing for herpes because who doesn't have a cold sore at a young age? Well, I didn't have one, but <laughs> essentially that's what's going on. Uh, so uh, because it's so common, they just don't test for it. It's just assume whoever you're making out with, having sex with, probably have HSV-1. The same uh, assumption is with HPV-2 because that's very popular too. Hmm. Right. So the... Yeah, I was shocked to find out that we all have HSV on us the moment we start touching and playing fondle footsie with people and stuff like that. But, you know, in a way, it's a part of what bonds us all together. Mm -hmm. We all out here with herpes. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, herpes brother. I love you, herpes sister. I heard you, herpes herpes sibling. It's okay. (laughs) If you you had chicken, uh, chicken pox, you have herpes. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> well, it's a strand of herpes, but still, surprise, bitch. And so, right. And so, when, and I hope your audience knows, you know, when, when you go to the doctor, we need to check for more than just HIV, chlamydia, and gonorrhea. You got to check for syphilis and you need to do a hepatitis screen too. Mm. Okay. Hepatitis is easier to catch than HIV. So, like, as I understood it the last time I checked, if you put like, HIV, a blood sample just outside of a body on a spoon and just leave it, it'll die like in 24 hours. But if you do that with like hepatitis, it'll stay alive for like a month. Mm. And so you have to be um, careful. And syphilis is much easier to catch than HIV. You know, you have to have enough of HIV on board in somebody's body for it to take hold in your body. Should it be introduced to it? The conditions have to be right. Syphilis is not picky like that. You know, hepatitis isn't picky like that. And um, as much as a fuss as we make about HIV, syphilis will kill you faster than HIV will. My um, physician assistant who I see, she uses the phrase blind, cripple, and crazy to refer to the effects of syphilis because it will get into your bloodstream, get into, I mean, it will get into your spine and get into your nervous system and cause you to have a stroke. Mm. Don't take long for it to spread. We're not talking years, bitch. That shit spread months, depending on your particular anatomy. A drug dealer I used to pick up meth from one time that I got arrested, I come walking in the jail, in the gay tank at Harris County uh, Jail in Houston. Yes, about 60 gay people all in one huge cell, uh, as dramatic as you think. Yes, it was. (laughs) I come walking in there, and this bitch is on a cane, bent over with one side of his body gimped out and I'm all like what the fuck he's all like I had syphilis and didn't know Uh, so when she says blind cripple and crazy I've seen it and it can cause you to lose your eyesight syphilis and all you need is a penicillin shot in the ass to get rid of it but it doesn't present with symptoms often or or they call syphilis the great imitator like it just looks like other shit so doctors may not catch it so y'all need to get checked for syphilis regularly so you don't end up in a wheelchair mm. that's a word motherfuckers get checked regularly make sure it's on your panel uh speaking of which did i get tested for that last time I went? let me double check my history <laughs> <laughs> look i'm not trying to be out here blind crippled uh what was the other two <laughs> crazy uh you want to check for syphilis the full he- hepatitis A through A, B, C, D, I think E. And um, they might not want to check you for all the hepatitises. 
um, depending on your doctor. But I mean, then fuck it. You can go get a different doctor what you want. I know hepatitis, I think A, C, and B might be the big ones. You know, you just got to talk to your physician about it. But all I'm saying, get checked for more shit than just the 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 big three, HIV, uh, gonorrhea, and chlamydia, because the worst shit doesn't have symptoms. And then see, you can get hepatitis vaccines, you know, now if you've never had it before to shield you against potential hepatitis exposure. That was something I didn't know. Mm, that's good to know. And you know what? I just looked over this damn panel. They they got me tested for everything except for syphilis. Even though, um, like, two months after that, I did have, like, a, uh, 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 what was it? Oh, I had strep. So if it was there, that shit died out there at that moment because I had to take steroids for the strep. And that strep was, it was bad. That was a bad. Mm-mm. Now, 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 was it strep or was it syphilis, bitch? Oh my god! Oh my god! Let me stop! <laughs> Let, me stop. <laughs> Let me stop! I'm good, y'all. I'm good. I'm good. I, I, I promise. But um, yes, <laughs> syphilis. Watch out for that motherfucker. Um, you know that reminds me of the conversation that we were having on your podcast about um just the stigma surrounding HIV. Most definitely during Pride Month, when you have a boost in those uh, advertisements of getting tested for HIV. And it's just like, it impacts everybody. <laughs> it's not just LGBTQ plus people. It's everybody. No, it's everybody. And I, I did an interview with my physician assistant, the one who I've been under her care for like 10 years. And I asked her, and this interview will be coming out in a week or two. I asked her about this. I was like, okay, so is it just the gays with these diseases or what? And she was like, the results on the straight people are inconclusive because the thing is when straight people go to clinics, they're not being asked about their sexual practices. So if somebody presents with HIV or whatever, they're not going to go, oh, and do you have sex with men too? Or were you at an orgy? Or they just go, okay, you're straight. You happen to get at the end. And then also straight people aren't telling either. So if they go in there with some, some shit oozing out of their dick and they got it from some bottom, they fucked on the way home to their wife. You know, they're just going to show up and just tell the doctor to keep it hush, treat the shit, don't let the wife know. So she was like, basically, we don't have enough information and evidence on exactly these quote unquote straight people's extracurricular to give you a definitive answer on what the hell they be doing. (laughs) The bottom line, no, it's not just us, but they don't know what portion of the diseases belong to the straight people because they're too tight lipped about exactly how they like to get down. Mm. That's that's an interesting concept right there. Oh, okay. Now, when does that episode release? So I can make sure I'm over there looking at that shit. Because that, that is interesting. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It so since we're talking about vaccines, that episode will be out probably either this Thursday or next Thursday. So, um, so that's the last Thursday in June or the first Thursday in July. So since we're talking about vaccines, I wanted to mention, if I may, the need for the HPV vaccine. The human papillomavirus, I don't know if that's related to herpes or not, but um, it's a three series shot, takes you a year to take the whole thing. And they have to be done, I think, two or some amount of months apart, like damn near on the same day, you know, that you had it, like to the day that you had it done each month before, you know, each time before, I think there might be some wiggle room there for a slight degree of variance on that. Mm-hmm. So then for the annual awards that I've had before, so I go each year for what I call my annual rejuvenation retreat. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he stays tight, y'all. Mm-hmm. Nice and tight for company. <laughs> so, yeah, because, okay, so there's these things called anal pap smears that everyone needs to get. Um, I don't care if you're a woman, a bottom, a low key, down under brother, whatever the fuck. If you like to have your asshole played with, you need to get it swabbed. And what they're checking for are irregular cells. Um, and so that, so my physician assistant, she had my asshole swabbed by the ass doctors and they found some irregular cells. Okay. So then they put me under anesthesia and went in 
to see. And what they do, there's like a vinegar-like solution. Once they open your asshole up while you're under anesthesia, they drip this solution on there and any sort of abnormal cells or spots to question will highlight, okay? And so they, they found this, this in me and they cut some of it out. They sent it to the lab and they found out that it was precancerous. And so I had anal warts back in like 2002, 2003. So the groats grew out, the dingleberries and all of that hanging out, you know, out my asshole. They cut those off, burned it with like a hot iron or something like that. And they didn't come back. But what I, but what can happen is you can have residual, they can come back, but, or you can also have, since the area has been compromised, you know, those cells can turn into cancer and it could take a long time for it to happen. This has been over 20 years ago. You know, this was barely at this point that had we let it go. And my physician assistant told me she has a patient, the guy who had the same thing and they didn't catch his in time. And now he has cancer and he has all his chemo and everything like that. And it all started with anal warts. Mm. And so get the HPV vaccine and get swabbed at least just once a year is all you need. And it don't hurt. They not sticking no damn dildo up your ass. It's like a cotton swab right on the outside. Okay, you've you've had worse up there, so don't get cute now. But like um I know one thing that really bothers me when it comes to like um going to the doctor or whatever is um looking at your results and see that you're um because you know very vocal about my sexuality when it um well, stuff when I'm meeting with the doctor but to see on your um your chart that oh high risk sexual activity and i'm like what about my sexual life is half uh high risk because i have sex with uh other people um like you don't know that i'm if i'm having sex with multiple people at one point or if i'm uh, having sex with just one person you didn't even ask me about my condom usage which i use 99.8 percent of the time with my sexual partners so what the fuck makes me high risk <laughs> Like, let's, what, what is this? I know that it's uh, code just to be like, oh, this is a queer patient or whatever, but that is still an offensive language. It, uh, and that's also uh, assuming my sexual practices because you didn't, you, you, yeah, I told you my sexual history, whatever, but what told you, what calculations did you find to make my sexual acts high risk for what? They judged you. Mm-hmm. Judge me like fuck. And I don't know too many uh, heterosexuals who have high risk on their um, their medical charts. I don't. That's what my physician assistant was saying, though. Like, they're just not, they don't treat straight people the same way, even though they do all the freaky shit we do. I've been to straight swingers clubs with no gay sex happening. It was a bunch of straight people fucking each other. You know, I've had sex with countless married men on the way, on the, when they get off work on the way home to their wife, you know. So they, we all high risk. If you in the, if you having sex, then we all at the same risk level. Some more than others. If they have been on how they roll, but everybody takes a condom off every nine, and ain't nobody hundred percent with that shit. I refuse to believe it. I, I refuse <laughs> to believe it too. I've been able to convince men before he was reaching for the condom. I have talked men out of wearing condoms. I wanted their raw dick in my ass. Oh, honey, I'm persuasive. Oh my God, you should not persuade people to have fuck with you, <laughs> have sex with you like that. Lord. I can, but ask. I mean, he's a big man <laughs> in the situation. I can't, I can't force him, but I can ask. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. Oh, another thing that we uh, were talking about, um, kind of related to condom usage and whatnot, is uh, the fact, not the fact, but the belief that um, uh, that some people have that there's nothing to fear in terms of um, not using condoms or just you know fucking raw um, because of the concept of there's treatments out here. Uh, I I can go out here raw dog anybody because I, all I have to do is just take a pill. All I have to do is just take a shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. There's something to be said about the attitude that we have. And I think some, many, many times people get healed and delivered because they have a 
good attitude about whatever kind of situation that they might find themselves in. But sometimes I think casual attitudes cause us to forfeit our healing and deliverances at times. Um, now I'm talking about energetically and spiritually speaking. Like I think God look upon us who if we have this like a fucking attitude about shit, we actually have concern and that might make the difference <laughs> on your outcome. And then energetically speaking, you know, the, the vibrations that you're, you know, handling life with, if you're going to be that casual, like, oh, well, whatever, you know, then eventually, oh, well, whatever is going to happen to you. And so, but no, see, the thing about these diseases is there's many different strands of all of them. It's not just one HIV virus running around. You've all kind of variations. This can be easily seen in the coronavirus. You saw how that thing morphs and changes. Well, HIV is older than the coronavirus. There's many different strands of it. Mm. Hepatitis and syphilis is not just, and so, so you can have HIV be on successful, be on medication successfully and have the virus suppressed. If you fuck around enough or with the wrong person who has a strand that crossbreeds with your own, you can render your medication ineffective, you see. And now you, and they know, and no doctor's going to tell you hundred percent, we can treat everything. They may give you 99.8% like you, but um, there are cases out there where the medicine, a person's body may not respond to the medicine to chances are it will, but you don't know that every time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I hope that answers your question because there's no medical guarantees. Oh, no, you, that's you. You answered it, <laughs> but it's um, like a lot of people don't think about that um, or even consider the fact that there are different strands and how that can impact you. Because even being on prep, that's not a 100 percent thing. Uh, and that's one thing a lot of people don't think about, uh, even when it comes to PEP, the post exposure, that's not 100 uh, percent. It is uh, not necessarily a risky game. But can be considered a risk too, but it is something that you have to be cognizant of with every sexual experience that you do engage in is what am I exactly putting myself at risk for by taking these actions? Um, And that's another uh, reason to think about who you're engaging with sex with prior to doing so, having those conversations with the people that you're looking to engage in uh, in sex with so that everybody's on the same page. If you find out, oh, this person has, uh, is undetectable or this person uh, has syphilis, this person has uh, gonorrhea, uh, HPV, whatever, then you can have that conversation of, okay, are you comfortable with moving forward? what is this sexual experience going to look like for the both of us? Um, Because I like you, you like me, I'm sexually attracted to you. Even if it's going to be like a quick hookup, you know what? The energy that you're giving me in just these um, dick pics, these asshole pics, these uh, tip pics, whatever the pics that you sent me, the the energy that I'm getting from what you sent in these pictures, I'm lusting you so much that I don't give a fuck we can still meet the fuck up and do the damn thing because I made that conscious decision to put myself at, uh, at risk to make that gamble with you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it's like rolling the dice, you know, and I just want to just speak. So I understand that there are people who are having a lot of sex because you're lonely. You know, you, 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 you may be trying to fill a void and you don't realize it. You might be brokenhearted. You might be fresh out of a bad relationship or a good relationship that ended badly. You might be feeling feelings of rejection and looking for love in different beds. I've done that before. Um, I had a bad relationship with my dad and I went about the business of finding the most masculine men that I could to embrace me because he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so, but they weren't going to hug me for free. They needed some ass. So that was the way it went. And so, um, you know, maybe somebody out there needs money in order to survive. And so you feeling like this is the way that, you know, sex is the way that you got to do it. Only thing I'm going to say on both of those things is that I, I understand where you're coming from. I see you and, you know, I'm with you. And that's it. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, 
Well, I will say that is a wonderful message to end this episode on as we switch over to the nasty, freaky shit of Never Have I Ever and all that other good stuff. Um, but we're going with, with you rather. So, um, <laughs> would you rather be really good at foreplay and bad at sex or be really good at sex and terrible at foreplay? I'd rather be really good at foreplay and bad at sex because by the time somebody is ready for the sex they i've already pleased them so much they have a positive imprint on their mind so that'll overshadow the bad sex hopefully Ooh, that's a nice way to put it i like that you know uh because I, I was leaning towards actually i'm with you because i do enjoy foreplay and i'm of the mindset that foreplay is ongoing so it's not just oh before um sticks going to holes <laughs> it is just all of that engagement because i'm a kink motherfucker so that is with the feather play that is with the nipple play the ear nibbling if a motherfucker will finally do this people oh my god it's been so low <laughs> but you know to be engaged in that way in the build-up of it all is the thing that uh, most definitely uh, excites me uh, and it excites a lot of other people too um the actual physical aspects of fucking and whatever to me that's temporary uh even if that can go be ongoing but that connection is very temporary versus the connection you have when it comes to foreplay uh, well I do foreplay a different way. For me, foreplay is I'm exploring your body. I'm doing sensual um, side rubs, introducing you to new erogenous zones on your body that you might not have known about, um, doing some licking, probably some sucking, probably um, some um, kissing of the body, um, like probably above the lips, who knows? Um, all of that neck kisses deep rubs deep petting all the good shit and then we can get into the fucking side of things um that helps me build up the um the sexual atmosphere um that makes things seem a little bit more intense for me it makes me feel a lot more aroused by doing those things or having those things done to me um but yeah i, I would definitely rather have that good foreplay versus just good sex mm-hmm mm -hmm. okay so what what i'm being reminded of right now is um there, so like when you're dealing with sex with a woman can't just dive in you have to give her foreplay <laughs> in order to get her uh body ready vaginas don't just spring the life like dicks and spring up in a second so a woman needs more from you to get her her pussy wet and swollen and rising to the occasion to meet your shaft you know so and then i've heard it said before that some men have erection problems not because there's anything wrong with their body but because they skip play it's a school of thought to be considered but it is it was thought that i heard the other day that says that maybe if a man would give spend more time play his dick get harder and stay that way because what happens foreplay, you know, he's getting his head in the game, mm -hmm. you know, you're getting everything else off of your mind and you're allowing yourself to become present in your body and you're naturally relaxing and allowing all the blood to flow and you're releasing the stress of the day. So now you can focus on what you want to do. But if you just want to hop right in and bam, 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 then you're cheating your dick too. Mm. Mm, don't cheat your dicks y'all do not cheat your dicks please don't and this that kind of goes back to um, what we were talking about in the last episode about expectations um that helps relieve that expectation of the sexual experience too because you're engaging in more than just jabbing your dick into someone um you are engaged into sexual experience where you can get different types of arousal from your sexual partner you can even in, uh, engage in a different way that you find arousing in that moment that may help you get your dick hard that you don't need like outside drugs or anything like that it's just you in that moment experiencing sexual encounters with your partner and growing that that 
buildup, that excitement for the sexual act, and then, you know, hop on and do whatever the fuck you want to do. You can go in and out of that process. If you want to make this a very long sexual experience, you want to, you know, let your dick calm down some, pull the fuck out and go back into that foreplay, go back into the playing so that everyone's enjoying it. You might, you might, you might find something out about yourself in those moments if you do engage in a lot more foreplay with your sexual partner, regardless of your gender expression. Give it a try and see what the fuck happens. See what the fuck happens. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you don't like it, give me five stars on uh, anything um, that you're on because it's not my problem. See a sex therapist, see a sex coach. That's not that you might have some deeper things going on that you need to address. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, don't get mad at me. But if it does work, also give me five stars. I appreciate you. I love you so much. And also send me comments and let me know how you're doing. Check in, motherfuckers. I love y'all. Okay. A sex question. You ready? I was born for this. <sighs> I know. <laughs> so what's something you've never tried in bed but are dying to add to your bag of tricks? Child, my bag of tricks runneth over. I mean, we tried everything from stuffing one of the cucumbers I grew in the garden up my ass. And, you know, I've had sex in ditches before. I mean, we've done the ropes, the handcuffs, dildos. We've tried the energetic things and all of that. Mm, I've come back to that. Hmm? I'm going back to that. But what were you saying? I want to introduce just more meditation into the sex. So not exactly like Tantra, but if you watch, there's a thing uh, Gwyneth Paltrow did on Netflix called Sex, Love, and Goop. Mm, Love it. Very interesting show. I wish there would have been a big male couple on there. That's the only shade that I have against her for that. But other than that, it's an interesting way to look at sex from all the energy exchange and stuff like that. And sex is an energy exchange. That's why I say there's no such thing as meaningless sex. I wouldn't meant something you just choose chose to cut off your consciousness from the meaning. Mm. But um, I want more meditation involved in it. So that means more slowing down and more feeling each other's aura each other's energy field and stuff like that and mixing that with the touching and the full and stuff like that. Mm, that sounds fun. I might want to try to get some, some of that. That sounds delicious. Uh, I, I will say for myself, the one thing I might, I haven't tried that I really do want to try is being tied up, but I know that's going to take being in a very serious relationship before I get into that one. Not that I have a, fear of the, losing the control aspect uh, is more so I just want to have be doing that with a certain person. Uh, I want that to be an experience that I reserve for a serious relationship. That's... No, I mean... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Mm-mm. What were you saying? It, it's fear of more than just losing control, though. I hear you because a lot of men, you know, who like to be in control don't want to let that control go but it's fear of you know not getting killed uh you know it's, it's fear of not being t- tied up and having pictures taken as all on social media you know there's a lot of bad things that can happen to you if you get tied up and are completely vulnerable with somebody you don't fucking know true true <laughs> that is that is you you're right because um i was not that I wasn't thinking of that aspect of, you know, the danger side of things, because um, that is something to really keep be mindful of, because I know, like, I have a regular, and even with my, um, not, I won't say necessary closeness with them, but uh, I wouldn't want to be tied up by them, but I do enjoy exploring my sexuality with that person, just not, I don't want you to tie me up. Um, handcuff might might be interested in that, but the the role play, uh, I want that to be a lot more of a sensual thing, and I want there to be a true romantic connection when that's happening, uh, and and not just a sexual kind of connection. Um, now, this um, 
spiritual, energetic sex that you um, brought up. How was that experience? So when we start, maybe we'll kneel facing each other. He's way more, my partner's way more flexible than I am. So um, I know how to open my legs wide, but other than that, you know, I'm doing a lot of yoga these days, try to keep <laughs> up with him. You know, so I, we might, I might put my right hand on his left chest and he may put his right hand on my left chest and we may um, put the other hand on each other's thigh or something like that and then just close our eyes, syncopate our, our breathing mm-hmm. and then just be in that moment and just feel and just see what comes up, you know, and just feel. Mm-hmm. And I find when we do this, it's like a heat rises between us that adds fuel to the sexual fire how he's about to dig my asshole out and plow it plow it plow it, plow my asshole out there ain't nothing left in there That's so it connects us mentally and emotionally and spiritually and see once you start having good shit like this you don't want to go back to the to the grinder hookup or the or the scruff hookup or wherever it is you hook it up with because it's like you've been wearing an owl Prada, you know, bitch, you don't want to go back to Walmart. Mm. <laughs> mm. That's a word. Once you have something good, you don't want to lose it. You don't want to um, go back to the, the common thing. You don't want to go back to the basics. So I get you. Mm. I get you 100%. You never want to be reduced. <laughs> <laughs> Child. <laughs> Which is why, to this day, I will continue to say I refuse to discount myself for any motherfucker who cannot afford me. It is what it is. <laughs> I might have scaling rates when it comes to business, but when it comes to my relationship, it's not scalable. <laughs> you you better you better come up with um, the month like come up being willing and able to afford. That's it. And I, I'm not saying financial afford. I just mean afford my time have value about yourself <laughs> well i hope you find it but i also know the dating struggle is real um because a, a lot of men out there would rather give you their wallets than their hearts mm. but that's not what you want and you deserve better than that because money don't fix it all right now if you're trying to pay for something donations is always available there's a patreon coming and everything feel free feel free to do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> Now, if you're trying to do some sexual booking now, let me stop. Let me stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's way too expensive. Um, <laughs> if we sell an ass, you got you got to um, pay up. And the funds ain't, it, not the funds, but the price ain't low. I'm not like these basic motherfuckers in Atlanta. <clears throat> and I do mean that with shade. <laughs> I was about to say that the shade of it all. <laughs> Um, $20 hose. It's okay. I love y'all. Be you. Be great. Anyways, um, that's, that sounds like a good point to wrap up this episode. Do you have any lasting words, tips, tricks, spiritual advice, anything like that that you would like to share with the audience? Well, we always want to remember the Lord. Jesus Christ is who I believe in. I know not everybody is gonna believe in him and that's fine um i always say i love going down to the buddhist temple to hang out with them because there's other ball bitches besides (laughs) me i have no hair and i feel so loved and so seen and so embraced and they they have great vegetarian food i don't think buddhism i'm just using them as as an example because i hang you know i've hung out with them more um i don't think it's less than uh indian christianity or anything it's just different and so and I don't identify as Christian because who, what the fuck does that even mean anymore? I am a believer mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ and then that's it. But I'm saying all that to say, I think a lot of the problems we've talked about today boil down to internal intrinsic deficiencies. deficiencies. So people get your mental health checked on, sort yourself out spiritually, find out who and what you believe in and follow. Because if your mind is not right and your spirit ain't right, you're going to be unbalanced in your physical world. And so you've been running around chasing your tail. You can't get your money right. You can get your love life right. Well, maybe it's a soul issue first, you know, just a suggestion, throwing it out there. 
My website is sexdrugsandjesus.com. My podcast, my books, everything about my life is on that one website, sexdrugsandjesus.com. Links to all the sociable medias, the blog, YouTube videos, everything is through the website. That's all. Yes. Well, thank you so much, so much for blessing my podcast with your presence. I love you so much. You're beautiful. Y'all definitely follow this man so y'all can see this damn smile. Like the teeth are doing what fucking need to be done every fucking day. It's just like, Lord, what happened? (laughs) Granted, I love my smile. So, (laughs) but this man's smile is just so beautiful, y'all. It is so beautiful. I really, really like i will hate to see you unhappy for real because your smile is like very warming and i love that so much um now to my audience um let y'all know y'all probably heard already about november get the fuck ready for november it's going to be a good time it's going to be a fun time it's just going to be a lot more conversations it's going to be a little bit different in format style and all that and who the fucking guests are going to be on there it might be more than one who knows who the fuck knows y'all better y'all better show the fuck out for november uh also make sure you are following slater's playhouse so that y'all can get the sexual health facts and whatnot um might be some self-reflection questions uh i'm still debating exactly what questions i'm going to be posting that month but it'll be ready by the time that the month hits um but yes everyone thank you so much for listening to the holy loopy podcast where we step out and speak about sexuality just in case no one else told you this today you are beautiful you are worthy of happiness and joy you are enough and then some you may not live up to the expectations of others but that is okay you are only required to walk in your own shoes may each day you live lead you towards abundance with that said love you all and see you next episode bye Thank you for listening to the Holiloquy Podcast, where we step out and speak on sexuality. You can subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcasting app and find us on the web at www.holiloquy.com. That's www.h-e-a-u-x-l-i-l-o-q-u-y.com. Share the podcast with your friends and join the conversation.